Craig, it's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. Hello and welcome to another Planet Hollywood. I'm Paul Hutchin, political editor for the Daily Record. Joining me this week are regulars Hannah Roger, who's the chief reporter of the Sunday Mail, Douglas Dickey of the Scottish Daily Express. So I made this point before, the name of the podcast suggests that we mostly focus on Hollywood, which is correct, but Scottish politics is wider than what happens in Edinburgh. And it'd be fair to say that the main issue this week so far is the farce of what happened in the House of Commons last night on the SNP-led Gaza debate. Um, you know, regardless of your perspective, I think it'd be fair to say it wasn't anyone's finest moment. Um, Hannah, just starting with you, it used to be your day job to cover Westminster, so you'll mm. be well used to Westminster madness. Can yeah. you just run through what happened last night and why is it important? Well, uh, <clears throat> where do you want me to start? So I'll start at, you know, or the very the basics, right? So you've got opposition day debates. The SNP gets three of these a year, and it's meant to give you know members of the opposition party a chance to talk about an issue that they are feel strongly about that maybe there's not getting enough kind of airtime within the normal sort of government uh, government period. So. You know, I think we can all agree that, that this issue, it's not like no one's been talking about Gaza or anything, but I think the SNP probably wanted to make a political point in terms of, of bringing this to the House with their opposition day debate. Um, and I think they probably saw it as a bit of a chance. You know, feel free to correct me if you disagree, but they probably did see it as a bit of a chance to kind of test Labour as well because they knew that Labour was still on the fence as to whether it was going to support a ceasefire or not. So that's why the SNP put forward this debate. And of course, there was um, the SNP's motion <clears throat> uh, attached to the debate, which was calling for an immediate ceasefire. Now, normally what happens in these debates, you know, it should be said as well, sorry, they've got no, no sort of... Um, they, they have no impact on government policy. It really is a sort of chance for parties to set their position out on things. So it was never going to impact government sort of policy or the legislation. But um, yeah, so what, what happened, what normally happens is the opposition party whose debate it is, they put forward a motion. The government are allowed to put forward their, you know, amendments or their own motion. And then MPs will vote on which whichever they feel is you know suits them, but in this case, Labour wanted to put forward an an amendment to the SNP's motion, which was an immediate ceasefire, and that was because Labour essentially were saying that you know they didn't feel as if that reflected their party's position. Um, and, and, you know, behind the scenes, Keir Starmer was very worried that it was going to show, you know, a weakness of his leadership. And he wanted to give his MPs something that they could vote for that wouldn't force them to break the whip of the party. Um, so that's, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Are you with me so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. The SNP, Hannah, are saying 
that they were stitched up last night by yeah. the speaker and by Labour. Mm. Um, so this that... is where it kind of became, you know, this is where the shenanigans began. So normally, as I said, there's two motions. There's no sort of, you know, another opposition party gets to put amendments and things like that. That's not how this works. But what we saw last night was Lindsay Hoyle came to the House and he said, I'm going to allow a vote on Labour's amendment to the SNP motion. And because it was a Labour amendment to the motion, the Labour amendment got heard first. So Labour could vote on that as they wanted to. But, and this is where it gets quite technical and a bit nerdy, but I'm quite interested in it, is the Labour amendment essentially removed a lot of the words from the SNP's original motion. So it mean, meant that the SNP was not able to vote for its own motion in its own debate because the Labour motion or the Labour amendment, which changed the SNP's motion, passed already. So it, it basically took off the SNP's motion fr from its own debate. So that pissed off the SNP. Obviously, Lindsay Hoyle, very well-respected, experienced speaker, you know, quite popular. However, he is a Labour MP, and there's suggestions that he was leaned on by the Labour Party to allow them to discuss their amendment, which is completely unprecedented. It doesn't happen. And this is what this whole chaos is about. So then last night we had the Tories, the government essentially, the Tories withdrawing from the whole escapade because they said, we're, you know, he's defied convention and he has, you know, done something which is in support of his own party, not what they're supposed to do. We're having no part in this. The SNP were pissed off because they didn't get to vote for their own motion. And it just descended into absolute chaos. And as of, you know, about... Uh, one hour ago, I think we've got 59 votes in support of a no-confidence motion in the Speaker. Um, <clears throat> you've got calls for the Speaker to resign. You've got calls for an investigation into, you know, the discussions that were had with Labour and the Speaker prior to his decision. Because it also should be said that the Speaker defied not only convention, but his own sort of clerk's advice by allowing this to take place. So the question really is, why? Now, sorry, I, you know, I feel like I'm speaking an awful lot, but it's just because there was a lot to get through. Now, it should be said, Lindsay Hoyle's reason for doing this was he felt like MPs had to be given the opportunity to vote on a range of views and, and, and motions and amendments. And, and there is a suggestion that basically MPs were being threatened within their constituencies, if they were not able to vote for something that their constituents could go along with, their safety could be at risk. So that seems to be what the explanation is for this, unofficially, but... Do you, do you think that the SNP have got a legitimate grievance and how they've been treated? Um. Well, it's hard to say because, you know, they, the SNP believe that this was a politically motivated decision and therefore, yes, of course, they can have a grievance. But, you know, ultimately, you know, it, it's parliamentary 
kind of hijinks and their very important debate has been completely, you know, knocked to the ground. So, you know, whether it's a legitimate grievance or not, I, I, I can see why they would be very annoyed about it. Um, but I think their grievance is because they believe that it was a politically motivated decision by the speaker. And that's a really, really serious mm -hmm. charge for somebody who's meant to be neutral. I'll come to you on the, the speaker, Dougie, just uh, later. But just on the, the sort of shenanigans last night, clearly passions were high. There's a lot of heat in this debate, a lot of pissed off people. But how much do you think it actually um, annoys members of the public? Because we're, what we're essentially talking about here is motions and amendments by politicians. Voters probably expect it to be hijinks uh, and dirty tricks in the House of Commons. Do you, do you think this is going to have cut through? Yeah, but, but by the way, it's a great um, question, Paul. It's a great point. Um, the amount of people I, I, I've, I've heard, I've, I've seen speak about this since, saying we wish MPs were so passionate about tackling the cost of living crisis, about energy prices. Um, I, I, it was it was Westminster at its worst, to be honest, and I I, I don't think anyone comes out of it particularly well, uh, and I think the simple fact of the matter is I, I mean Gaza is obviously a, a really important subject, um, a really important you know event that's happening in the world right now. I think most people, um, regardless of, of 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 original thought on it, you know look at the Israeli. Um, action and think, you know, the times come where we need to pause this and we need to see where where this goes long term. Um, I think people can um, can get on board with that, but uh, ultimately, that's you know, it's not going to make your shopping bill any any cheaper at the end of the week. Um, well, no, but it was never does that debate no. was never designed to be about the cost of living. Exactly, but I think the point is, you know, as Paul asked, is is this going to cut through to the public? And, uh, you know, anyone who's got such a strong feeling on Gaza and Israel it, it, it wasn't going to be swayed by that. And I don't think anyone else who maybe doesn't have as strong a view on it is, is going to be impressed with it at all. I thought, Hannah, I've got to say, I thought you were very diplomatic when you were talking about the SNP's um, uh, reasons, motives behind the the uh, motion. It was, it, was, it was clearly an attempt to make life difficult for Labour, it was it was obvious that that's what that that's what it was about. The motion, um, which was pretty flimsy in all honesty, was clearly written in such a way that Labour couldn't couldn't back in its current form. Um, and I think it's made a real uh, it's made a difficult situation for the SNP. I think I think Labour will be reasonably happy that they've that they've um, you know kind of saw off. A potential rebellion. I think the Tories will secretly be like, you know, this is quite good. We can have a go at Lindsay Hoyle. We can have a go at Keir Starmer for allegedly putting pressure on, on the Speaker. Or that's someone he, he, uh, you know, that's something Keir Starmer denies. But for the SNP at the end, of it, I think they've been completely, they, they were completely outflanked and they were completely caught in the hop. And I think procedurally, they, they, they do have. Uh, reason to feel aggrieved because you know the rules were broken, but they, uh, you know they f they now find themselves in a really difficult position where they're you know backing motions signed by the likes of Lee Anderson to kind of get rid of the 
speaker, although that motion as well is not going to have any difference either because it's uh, it's an LED motion. But uh, I think you know, you know something. I, I don't actually. Um, I, I agree that the primary motivation was to embarrass Labour, but I don't have a problem with that because yeah. politicians behave in political ways. Yeah. The House of Commons is a political chamber. You know, I'm not naive. Yeah. I, I, well, that's what politicians do, but. I'm not going to be sort of conscripted into believing that the primary motivation was about the Middle East when I just don't believe it was. No. I think well, that... SM... I... Say that again, sorry. I was going to just... I forgot to send this to our wonderful production team prior to the broadcast, but I will say if there's any doubt that this was not politically motivated, I was quite appalled at Pete Wishart last night, and I don't know if anyone can actually see this. Can you see what it says? It says, tweet... If you're watching the proceedings in the House yeah. of Commons, don't get angry. Join the SNP instead. I mean, you know, it wasn't just well, on one hand you've got the SNP saying, "Oh, this is about Gaza," and we, you know, and then on the other hand you've got Pete Wishart tweeting I know. that. I was, I, I just thought that is appalling, really is. But anyway, sorry, I just I've yeah, interrupted you know, again. So you're right. Labour are ahead in the polls. The SNP are worried about that, and they see this as an issue on which to kind of. Um, uh, embarrassed Labour. I, I'm not naive about that. that. That's what politicians do, and good luck to them. Um, but I think we have to be kind of honest about what the, the primary motivation was in this instance. It hasn't worked for the SNP. It does seem like there's a lot of jiggery pokery. Um, the Speaker clearly has questions to answer about his role. Dougie, do you think that he's he's vulnerable? Yeah, I think yes. Yeah, I do. I definitely think he is. Um, I mean, we can sit here and argue over the kind of jiggery-pokery off of it. And, and ultimately, I think the one thing that might save him is I think your average member of the public who maybe doesn't know you know, what goes on at Westminster in quite uh, the same detail as someone like you know yourself or Hannah, um, they'll be sitting there thinking, well, why couldn't they just vote on the Labour amendment? Why couldn't they just you know, see yeah. here every, every, um, every side of it? And I I think, like I say, he might he might be able to ride it out, if only because to the general public this is going to be you, you, you know chip chip rapper in a few days. Mm. It, it, it's got a lot of political geeks like ourselves very very excited, and it was quite exciting. I, I mean, let's be honest here, we all we all we all about a, a good barney. Yeah. Of course, we do. It makes great copy. It it makes great chat. You know, when we come on here, so but. In a few days, it, it may well have um, kind of dissipated, but ultimately, ultimately, Lindsay Hoyle needs to answer why. Well, he's tried to explain why he broke, broke. You know, these well, I think he has tried. It's invulnerable, yeah, definitely. But I also think it's going to be this whole saga, right? We've seen. I, I was watching business questions in the Commons that was on this morning where they were talking about this and. To be honest, it was the Tories and the SNP kind of forming this weird alliance against Lindsay yeah. Oil, but some senior Tories now seem to be stepping back from that and being a lot more reasoned about it. And I feel like it's going to end up basically the SNP versus Lindsay Hoyle, the Speaker. And I feel like the SNP will use this as a technique to say, look, you know, look at this example. This is why Westminster doesn't give a jot about Scotland's views and they'll just use this as a, a tool, a um, political tool. And, and you know, fair play to them uh, if they do that. But, yeah, I, I 
I don't feel like Lindsay Hoyle is at risk, to be honest. Mm. I think that the next couple of days, it might be quite tough for him. And if he survives the next couple of days, I think he'll be fine. Because as well, you say, like a WhatsApp from Keir Starmer saying, you know, if you don't let this amendment through, you're toast. I know. And as you say, a couple of Tories are, are backing away now. I just, I don't know. Who knows? Um, I, did see, uh, I did see someone on social media suggest Ian Blackford comes in as his replacement until the general election. I don't know. Well, I think he's definitely that. safe then. Um, Lindsay Hoyle, I don't think uh, he's going anywhere if, if Ian Blackford is the plan B. Um, sticking with the, the SNP, Hannah, the story that never dies, Operation Branch Form. There was a story this week that staff are to be re-interviewed by the police as part of this investigation into SNP finances. Hannah, when's this bloody thing going to end? Look, you tell me. I don't know. Um, I think that, you know, initially we thought, Right, they're taking it very seriously. They're finding things that maybe they weren't initially looking for, and that's why this is taking so long. But the longer it goes on, the more, and I've heard quite a few people say this, you know, they would be surprised if there's going to be any charges brought because, you know, given the, the amount of time that's passed since those initial arrests and, and now, it, it just seems... I don't know. I mean, that that's the problem. We don't really know um, exactly Everyone, where Everyone's going. got an opinion on this, you know. Yeah. But ultimately, it's the cops who know what's going on. Yeah. It's the Crown Office that knows what's going on. And everyone else... And I would say John Ferguson. John Ferguson as well, yeah. knows what's going so, on. John <laughs> Ferguson, the Crown Office and Police Scotland. And that's, yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dougie, I mean, clearly the cops have done a thorough job, haven't they? I mean, no one can accuse them of, like, sweeping this under the carpet or just ticking boxes. They've really investigated these allegations thoroughly. Yeah, I think, I, I, I mean, you know me, Paul, I always like to talk about Rangers, so I'm going to talk about Rangers here. And I think the, um, I know it's Crown Office here, but those kind of malicious prosecution scandal which has cost the public millions and millions of pounds uh the public purse sorry uh, i think is probably weighing on their mind and you know it's gone on so long they, they clearly feel that there's something worth investigating um and i, I think that i think they're going to make sure that no stone is left unturned because then regardless of how this pans out um you know they'll be able to go back and say that you know, we, we there could be no question marks over how we done our job. The cynic in me, um, election year coming up, maybe maybe they don't want to rock the boat before before a vote. Um, either way, or maybe they're going to wait to the day before the election before you know there's a development. Uh, it's just it's gone on so long. The public deserve answers, and you know. Uh, Ultimately, those you know the people who have who have been charged deserve answers as well. They deserve to know, you know, Nicholas Sturgeon, Combe, and Peter Murrow. They they deserve. Well, no, they haven't been charged. Remember? Oh, sorry, sorry. Pardon me, not charged. Pardon me, not charged. Arrested, but you know, obviously, really high-profile arrests, and 
you know, in this country, we act on the assumption of uh, innocence until proven otherwise. And so they, you know, they deserve a, 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 a conclusion to this part of the investigation one way or the other. Um, and like you say, God knows when, you know, when we're going to get it. And the thing is, Dougie, that the longer it goes on, and I'm not critical of the cops or the Crown Office in any way over this, you know, I don't think political considerations should any bearing whatsoever on their investigation. That's for other folk. But looking at it in a purely party political context, the longer it goes on, it could become a general election issue. Yeah, well, the closer we get to the general election, the, the, the bigger political impact, whatever the next stage of this is, is going to have. And, you know, I just have these images of something happening the day before. You know, we go to the polls and... Either way, people say, oh, well, there wasn't enough time for the impact. Or, or, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think there's any political consideration to it. I just think they want to be really thorough after previous disasters with the Rangers stuff. Um, and, and But it's it's going to be a general election issue one way, you know, one way or the other. In some ways, in, in a bizarre kind of way for the SNP, the best thing that might happen is, is for charges of some sort, to be brought because then it kind of you know it becomes a court mm. issue and then you know everything yeah then you can kind of goes see. into the background um whereas even if charges aren't brought there continues to be question marks and it, it, it's it seems like a complete mess to be honest and uh, i think like, like i say i think everyone in the country deserves a conclusion to it one way or uh, one way or another and as i say including the three people who've who've, who've you know been arrested in relation to hannah just Another SNP-related issue. Last year, the SNP conference, they voted through a new NDRF2 policy, which was that uh, if they won a majority of Scottish seats at the general election, they would consider that to be a mandate for or NDRF2 or some way of taking forward the independence issue. Hamza Youssef uh, said this week that it would be most seats rather than a majority of seats, which is a lower bar. Was that just a sort of verbal slip-up, or was it a sort of intentional shift in the goalposts, do you think? Well, I, I've looked at kind of... I think he was asked about this afterwards, and he didn't, he didn't directly correct himself. Mm. You know, he didn't say, oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I, I meant majority... But I said most, you know, so it's left everyone a bit confused. But clearly the party voted at their own conference for a majority. So I don't think even if they don't, if they don't get a majority, but they get the most, surely they couldn't just say at that point, oh, well, you know, that's fine. We've got a mandate now. Like they would be a complete laughing stock. I know. You know, you can, I mean, you whatever can. you think about the policy, it's not clear, is it, Hannah? It's just, I don't no, think, I people, mean, do I don't think the average person could tell you what the SNP's independence policy is just now. Well, no, but I don't, I don't think they could say, oh, yes, you know, I heard that at the SNP conference they voted for a majority of, of seats means a mandate. I don't think people are aware of that. I think the general public just think, Oh, the SNP are just campaigning all the time for independence, you know. And, and let's face it, the SNP can vote and decide 
whatever way they want that you know they could decide that if we get one MP in, in Westminster it means that we've got a mandate you know it doesn't actually mean anything it's kind of like this nonsense in the uh, the House of Commons it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything at this point I know I mean yeah. you know, take it to its logical conclusion the SNP lose 20 seats yeah at the general election a terrible result um but they still somehow have the most seats then it's what rule on indie f2 i mean come on it's just it's, it's not even drivel well it's yeah just... but but we're also forgetting that to hold another referendum requires unless there's some massive change in the law requires a permission from the uk government and that is not forthcoming anytime soon so you know these conversations are almost redundant dougie do you not get the impression that these conversations, whether it's a majority or most, this is the SNP focused on their core supporters. They're not. They're not talking to average voters here who are sort of politically in the middle of the road, who are who could go either way. They're effectively talking to themselves with this. Yeah, I think um, one of the important things that we've seen in the past year is that the link between support for the SNP and not and and support for um independence is being broken. Um and I think this is Humza Yusuf's way of throwing a bit of red meat to those who are still, you know, sticking by the SNP cause, if you like. Um I, I, I mean this was really it was I, I was actually embarrassed for him watching it and I was even more embarrassed watching his attempts to to clarify it, which he just didn't do. Uh, I I asked the SNP to, to kind of respond to it, and they just came back, and it was kind of like, well, uh, a majority is most, so you know, stands to reason that most is a majority. Yeah. No. I, um, They're not the same. I know. I had to watch the interview three. I had to go over that moment three times to make sure I was I was hearing things right, and I was. I, I, it was just, it was, it was just awful, and it was a des- it's a desperate attempt to, you know, try and get, so you know, make sure that no more SNP potential SNP voters are thinking, you know, what this is a dead duck. Mm. Uh, I might support Scottish independence, but uh, for the time being, it's not happening. Uh, I'm going to go elsewhere and see what we can do to, uh, you know, bring about change in other ways. Um, it, 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 it looked really. Really desperate. I think his authorities. I, I, I think his authorities been damaged by it. How can we trust this guy when he doesn't even know his own policy? Um, it, it was just. It was. It was a real wonder. One of the worst wonders I think he's made, and that is that is um, saying something coming for me because everything he does well, is a wonder to, to us. You know? The worst blunder is is my favourite topic, Michael Matheson. But, you know, anyway. Well, apparently, apparently Michael Matheson needs more time um, to read the corporate body report. I mean, I'm not sure what he's got to say that's going to... I do admire loyalty to your friends, but, you know, ridiculous. Um, I, we were going to discuss NHS, but I think we've run out of time. So let's just go straight to good week, bad week, starting with you, Hannah. My good week this week is our old friend Douglas Ross, fan of the show. Hello Douglas. Um, And he's had a good week because 
as he is in this unique position of having two jobs as an MP and an MSP, he managed to avoid all the Westminster nonsense last night because he was actually up the road at um, Holyrood. So I think he's probably had a, a pretty good week because he's not had to face any awkward questions about that. Uh, and my bad week is going for the obvious, but Lindsay Coyle and also by extension, probably the whole of the House of Commons, but specifically Lindsay Hoyle, he's just not, I think he maybe did try to do something that he thought was right, but it's just ended up in a bit of a farce. It's funny because you know, like the whole Gaza debate, I never really expected the, the end of that to be a focus on Lindsay Hoyle in the doghouse. <laughs> as somebody yeah. jumped on the line. It's just like, I know. God, bizarre. Uh, Dougie, how about you? Good week, bad week? Um, I'll start with bad week because, I, I mean, we were spoiled for choice. We could have picked literally every, you know, anyone in the country this week. Uh, but I've, uh, I've pumped for Stephen Flynn, SNP group leader at Westminster. I thought he looked he looked pretty uncomfortable uh, on oil and gas earlier in the week. Obviously, he represents a, um, you know, a northeast constituency. And even though Umzi Yusuf's come out and Against Labour's kind of windfall tax, I think I, I think the I think the whole SNP policy in North Sea oil and gas is all over the shop, and it's obviously going to be Northeast uh, MPs who potentially pay the price. So I don't think Stephen Flynn's in any danger of losing his seat, but uh, you know possibility there that uh, SNP hopes are taking some seats from the Tories up there might be impacted. He also was outflanked, I, I thought, by Labour on the Gaza stuff ultimately, and he's uh, toys out the pram um, reaction to it. I don't think I've done him any favours. Uh, but for good week, um, I've also picked Stephen Flynn. Um, because... I think you should not be allowed to do this. <laughs> this is unprecedented um, in the history of Planet Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, despite despite what I've just said, he has managed to get the SNP at the front of the news agenda UK-wide, and that's something that um, his boss could only dream of, I think, unless he'd done something ridiculous. So I, I, I think ultimately... I get the impression, Dougie, you don't like Ian Blackford. I don't know why. No, sorry. Uh, his no. boss, I meant, I, I meant oh, his boss. Oh, right, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, pardon Blackford. me. But, I take that um, back. I, I take that back. Um, oh, no, listen, I'm, 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 I'm right behind Ian Blackford for speaker. Let's, you know, let's make it happen just for the just for the giggles. But um, to go back to the most serious point, Stephen Flynn is emerging, I think, as the potential uh, replacement for Humza Yusuf uh, if he were to go. People talk about Kate Fogg's being on manoeuvres, but I think, you know, Stephen Flynn is right now potentially the most recognisable SNP politician in the country. Uh, I've also, as in, you know, the UK rather than just Scotland, I think as well. You, you could see him maybe standing for Holyrood then. Well, one thing I've always thought, not, not that I'm wanting to dish out advice to the SNP, but I've always found it slightly strange that their, that their leader sits in Holyrood, because ultimately if, if the goal of the SNP is, is to, you know, make Scotland independent, that can only happen at Westminster. And I think you're seeing that Stephen Flynn has a much bigger impact on UK politics than Humza Yusuf could ever have. And if he was, I mean, he, I mean, he would go to Holyrood, obviously, because, you know, he would want to be First Minister. But when you're at Holyrood, you're kind of bogged down in the day-to-day -day issues and you're bogged down in, let's be honest, crap legislation that that, that, that Parliament churns out every year. 
Uh, whereas at Westminster, he's mm-hmm. acting with, yeah, he's he's acting with a bit of freedom, um, and I, I, I think he's shown himself, regardless of you know whether you agree with his politics, he's 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 he's, he's quite adept at getting his name out there and getting the SM, you know, getting the SNP front and centre of the news agenda. And, and as I say, I just don't think Hamza Yusuf is capable of that. Obviously, Westminster would never pass crap legislation. No. You know, that's just a matter for Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but he opposes the crap legislation at Westminster more often than not, whereas at Hollywood he would need to support it. So, mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, I think that's pretty much it. Um, thanks to, to Hannah, our uh, resident in-house Westminster boffin, who always shines a light on how that weird place works. And thanks to Dougie as well for his measured comments on the SNP. You know, you know, he likes to just, you know, both sides, like Blackford side and I think I, 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 I gave Stephen Flynn good and bad week. So you did. It's very measured. It's very measured. So um I hope that you enjoy the episode and that you join us again next week. It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal.